to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission of the boys known as Scott Cast. This is Scott. And I am doing a solo episode today. Right now I'm uh got the windows open. Um I'm in my kitchen. Right outside my window's the alley. And Peter's like a bush. <laughs> it's weird that he put his bush there. <laughs> Why get your bush out of there, Peter? But no, his uh, actual floral, like plant thing. It's got white flowers and pink flowers, and uh, it smells good, you know. And you don't get that much in Hamtramck—a a good smell coming in from the alley. So I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm doing a solo cast today. Because I just feel like I need to get things out and talk. I feel like I need a, I have a, I have, I need a good friend to talk to who is not an actual person. And that is you, the Scottcast audience. I mean, of course, there's a lot of people listening. You know, we are very famous. And I think uh, that's well and good. But um, don't you find that sometimes when you're talking to people, you have more you want to say? Just get off your chest, you know, about nothing and you know it's just hard to swing a conversation in such a way and you know because when you're talking to somebody you gotta worry about whether they understand you at all and whether they sympathize and um and you also have to be polite enough to give them like a way to respond you know and that's a that's a lot to add to also figuring out what the fuck you're thinking at all. <laughs> so, you know. So here I am on the, at the podcast. And that's the thing with podcasts. And I think... I think most podcasts, they are, they're aiming to be very informative, you know, or very funny. But... Uh, there's a reason to be doing a podcast just for yourself, just exploration-wise. You know, um, the pressure of actually putting it out in the world combined with uh, being alone and filling space and time with your thoughts um, produces a unique effect. It brings you around full circle. It forces you to complete a thought (laughs) before you get off to the next one. But it doesn't impose on you. Like, uh, talking to an actual person might. So, I don't know. I felt like, I feel like I need to do that. Um, I went to Mike Stenberg's memorial service hosted by Emily yesterday. Um, it was beautiful. I met Vern there. Uh, Vern Tanjay, he might be listening. Because he always calls me Scottcast. And I imagine it's because he listens to the show sometimes. So... You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not Vern, just imagine Vern is over in the other room, you know, sitting in a chair listening to this. And be happy that you're in good company. Um, I bought a card of his from the from the dovetail, I don't know, card rack, chip rack, whatever. He he paints these cards, and it's actual painted. It's not like a photo print. <laughs> And uh, they're all unique. And mine is a skeleton 
with a hat on his neck, right? And he's opening a present because he has no head. And he and he looks at the present, and the present is uh, a skull, you know? And it's, it's a perfect present for him because he doesn't have a skull. You know, uh, I had to get it. But, um, but yeah, I've been really pensive, you know, after that. Uh, the memorial service, not necessarily you know, interacting with Vern. But I have been pensive after the memorial service. Um, Mike Stenberg was a, was a good guy. Uh, he was an older gentleman. Um, I knew him because uh, in 2017 when I was, like, hanging around Emily like a little puppy. <laughs> Um, she interacted with him a lot and they went out to open mic nights and stuff like that and he released a um, CD of poetry called Cliff Notes and it was actually really cool it's basically uh, a well done very well done Scott Cast because he would recite his poetry and he would also have uh, the sound effects and really it was a fantastic production I listened to it through I gave him a note I think afterwards through uh, Emily, and he gave me a thank you card through Emily, and it was uh, it was really touching. And I don't know something I see a lot of myself in someone like Mike Stenberg, um, in that <laughs> you know uh, you you find community through the artistic community. Like there was a beautiful haiku that was read of his. Uh, that was all about that. I wish I remembered the words, but it's something to the effect of like, you know, you feel like you're close to someone when you're making something, even when you're not. And that's very true. It's like when you're writing or when I'm doing this podcast, um, you know, I'm coming to you on a very lonely feeling day and where like that loneliness is just obvious and you know deprioritizes everything else so you can just think about and feel that loneliness um and i decided to do this and i feel a lot better even just doing and doing it now and um i think that's i think that's if there's an evolutionary reason art exists it's that um it's when someone has been separated from humanity <laughs> for long enough that they decide to create some sort of foe who humanity to communicate with. And they communicate in a way that's, you know, storable, like, like a painting or a writing or um, even just practicing a story by word so that when someone actually does listen to it, they can feel it and... They don't have to be so lonely either, maybe. And that's that's the upshot, right? Um, there's people yelling out in the alley right now. They're not lonely. <laughs> they, talk, they got each other, and, and they're very angry about it. You know? I wonder if uh, you can feel loneliness and anger and be expressing it to someone at the same time. I think it's... One of the most intimate things you can do is be angry at somebody and let them know. I mean, it's more than being naked, I think. If you're really angry at someone and you tell them exactly how you feel. Maybe you're scared of losing them, but you're still telling them. 
You know, it's a very intimate thing to do. You got to square that away, right? Because you always end up being uh, angry at the people you're closest to. They're usually the ones who get the full brunt of it. You know, you can't yell at Mike Huckabee forever and feel satisfied in your anger. You must feel your anger. <laughs> and poor, poor people who actually love you. But anyways, you know, not to read too much into that. I haven't been angry at anybody for a very long time. I think um, angriest I've gotten was someone, uh, you know, ditched plans with me to go do improv. And uh, so for like a day straight, I was just railing against improv to everybody I know. I was like, improv is the fucking dumbest thing in the world. You know, it's it's an entire art form dedicated around to the to the first step of every other art form. And I don't know. I mean, what am I doing now? I promised you I don't have a script. Although if I did have a script, this would be genius. Like, a genius amount of artifice <laughs> to create a rambling man. Um, and, a, and a pretty good performance, too, uh, to boot. So you know what? Yeah, this, is, this whole thing's scripted. And I'm just going to come clean with it. It's a very fourth wall part of the podcast where I break through and I tell you, yes, yes, I am a genius. This is all scripted. If you want to see the script and read it over yourself, um, just send me an email. I'll send you a PDF. I've got a few copies. This is the yellow copy. Um, and I, I feel the best about this one for publication. But no, it's just me ranting. I do like doing this kind of podcast. I started Scottcast as a sandbox kind of project. Um, like in 2017, like I did one episode and like didn't touch it for a year. And then did another one and then had a group of people together. And uh, eventually it was just Ian and David that always came back. And that's what the you know show became as like a persona. But uh, originally it was just supposed to be like a feed where it's like, uh, I'm going to rant at you and I'm going to have an outlet and I'm going to do whatever I want with it. And I think I'm probably going to, you know, veer towards that a little bit more and doing this right now because it does feel good to talk like this, talk freely. Um, what else is there? I've got my book being... Uh, looked over by a new friend, Jason Storms, and he's given me all sorts of comments and, and line edits and all that, and um, I appreciate it a lot. He's basically right every time, which is good. Uh, but uh, as David knows well, um, I get very prickly around anybody talking about my stuff. Because, you know, I've, I've, it's always not done yet anyway, and I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for when I send something out to people, but um, I think I'm looking for some sort of validation or something. I'm looking for, like, do you understand what this is? And I think they do. I don't think it's very hard to understand the book I'm writing. Um, maybe it could be more interesting, a little punched up a bit, and I think that's true. But, um, but it's real to me in my head. <laughs> and like uh, it's starting to become like there's a story in my head and a novel in my head 
and I keep going to what I've written, and I'm like, well, this isn't right. It's, this is not true. This is true, <laughs> you know? And, like, none of it's true, but uh, somehow there's um, some simulation going on in my brain that exists as real as anything. And it's fun when you get to that stage, I think, of making something. When you know there is a thing to be made. And it starts to be about what that thing is rather than, like, what you want to make, I guess. So, I don't know. I think that's where I'm at with it. Of course, it's still very early in the project because I have to rewrite everything. <laughs> And redo everything, and who knows if I'll have that impulse to rewrite everything again, because I'm not really uh, behooven to anybody on this project. I could spend my whole life writing it and uh, get two, three sales out of it, and that's fine. It's not about anything. You know? Is that a hummingbird? No, that's just a bird that learned to hover. What the fuck? You guys should have saw that. There was this bird that was just like hovering in a single spot. Like a sparrow. Like, not moving forward or aft. I'm talking some real UFO shit, but I know it's a bird. I saw it. it's a bird. Man, birds are pretty sweet. You know? I'm kind of tired of their bird shit, and I don't really want to ever touch a bird. But they're pretty cool creatures. They're descended from dinosaurs. In fact, the biological uh, class that birds are in are, in fact, dinosaurs. You know, they've got the same fucking skeleton. Dinosaurs had feathers. Somewhere... Between then and there, they learned to flap them and fly forward, and this fucking bird right in front of my eyes learned to just stick in the middle of the air. Like a hummingbird, but he's a big-ass bird. You know? Uh, I think they say something along those lines about bumblebees, like... I think the fact is bullshit, but uh, the, you know, sentiment is... Science cannot explain how a bee can take flight with its fat ass and little wings... But I don't know. I think that's I think that's bull. I think they've figured it out. But the idea is, you know, we don't know everything. And that's true. I don't know anything. You know, someone said like uh like the only way you could be smart is to know what you don't know. Which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, which means must mean I'm not that smart. You know? Because it sounds good. Know what you don't know. Know that you don't know more. Know your limits. But then you're saying you know something. And I think that's false. There's nothing to know. There's never been anything to know. You know? Like, I've been seriously considering moving to Argentina. Buenos Aires for a few years. And not necessarily because I want to get away from Detroit, like, escape it. It's more because, I, like, I want to know it better. I don't know how to explain it other than, like, saying, 
taking a break from Detroit, then I can like think about it in a different place. You know, why I like it here. Or if I like it here. Because it could very well just be the community, like I said earlier, that keeps me here. Like, the friends I've made. And really the whole thing starts with Emily. I met her in 2012. And she kind of introduced me to everything south of Ferndale. <laughs> and there, there it was. I came back in 2016 from Illinois. And I knew a few people, but I was like, I'll move close to uh, Detroit and Emily. seems like there's more opportunities there. And, you know, six, six years, six odd years later, I'm still lonely, but there's a whole lot of people I know and appreciate. I have a cat still. Kyle's been with me this entire time. He can vouch for it. He's laying down next to me. He's enjoying the fresh breeze in the window too. But yeah, it would be nice to go to Argentina and live there. I, I don't know that yet, obviously. I'm very nervous about going at all, really. <laughs> because it's in a few weeks now, beginning of September through the middle of September, you know, there'll be house sitters though, so don't try to break in, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm nervous, because it's, you know, it's a long ways, it's a hell of a plane ride, um, it's two weeks, I know Julia there, but, you know, she might not be quite as available as she thought she'd be. And, um, it'll be fun, though. It'll be fun to explore a new place and, and, and see, see what it's like to be completely submerged, <laughs> you know? Because I feel like I'm completely immersed and submerged in Detroit in a way. At least in my own, you know, hole here in Detroit, in my own home. But, uh, it's a different kind. It's like a comfort zone thing, right? Um, basically I want to fly over there and see how quickly I can create a comfort zone. Like a, like a bivy tent of a comfort zone. <laughs> I need two sticks and a piece of cloth. Well, a few yards a few yards of blanket and a, and a couple sticks. Maybe a couple steaks. That's all I need. No, I'm 32. I need a bed. I need breakfast. I need lunch, dinner. I need I need to sit around next to a TV being like, I don't know what to do. What do you want to do? But, you know, they got that shit. So, there I go. Man, alive. I've been talking like this for a while. I've been uh, kind of monotone through this. I apologize if uh, it's only 19 minutes in. I apologize if uh, 
you know, this is hard to listen to. But I'm having fun, and I'm kind of enjoying myself. So if you don't like it, fuck you. I'm just kidding. If you don't like it, I mean, that's fine. You don't have to listen. No, no one's forcing you to. Trust me, if someone was forcing you to listen to this, you'd know. And so would I. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. What else is there? I've got to move all my furniture today. Peter's coming through and he's got a bunch of workmen coming in, running ranch out all over my home, replacing all the windows. This is so, yeah, this is the last day with this window. I'm glad I'm actually using it. He's going to pave it all over with bricks. No, he's replacing the windows with actual windows. But these are fine windows. I don't know. I think someone sold him a crock of shit, honestly, and said, like, oh, you need to replace the windows or else uh, the whole house will rot. I'm like, okay. That, that sounds stupid. Because these windows are fucking fine. But uh, what can you do? What are you going to do? So I got to move all my furniture. I've got basically an extremely heavy piece of furniture next to every window. That's my design aesthetic. Hey, a window? Let's put something 100 pounds in front of it. Hey, a window? Let's construct something that's like 500 pounds and completely immovable right in front of it. That's a great idea, Scott. You're going to nail it. And not to mention all the dust that's going to be all over the place. Ugh. Look at me bitching. I'm going to be going across the world to explore a whole new place in September. But, you know, having a bunch of people in my home replacing windows is the fucking stressor. I don't know. It's all good. So, I don't know. I figured if you guys made it through this long... Um, I'll give you a little treat uh, of, a, of a topic, you know. Um, I want to nominate a citizen of the week. Um, there's no sound effect for it, obviously, because I'm just kind of holding a microphone right now. But um, to the ScottCast citizen of the week goes to um, a Russian computer robot that grabbed a child's finger and broke it. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so fucking funny. <laughs> but, you know, like, a, like, basically there is no human that can defeat, like, an actual computer or a robot. <laughs> so, whatever this kid was doing um, to, you know, frustrate this robot must have been some genius-level chess playing. You know, and, like, I can only imagine just, like, watching, like, the robot arm, like, you know, pretending it's, you know, hovering over a pawn or something like that, and then just snatching the kid's finger. Like, ah, crack. Ah. Anyway. So, Scott Cast Citizen of the Week. That goes to the robot uh, that plays chess and breaks fingers when it gets frustrated, you know? That's gonna. Be, that's how. Uh, that's how the Terminator is gonna look. Like we thought that the Terminator was gonna be this badass Arnold Schwarzenegger cyborg who who shotguns and you know and punched people or something. But no, it's gonna be this like this arm on a skateboard walking around breaking fingers. You know, it's smart enough. 
gonna beat you at chess. It's gonna come after you, it's gonna break your fingers. And that would suck to break a finger. You know, but that kid probably deserved it. So, Scott Cast Citizen of the Week goes to that robot. All right, so I think I'll just wrap this up. I don't think I really uh, solved anything in my life, but um, I sure did talk. And since it's just a short episode, you know, um, we'll keep it up at that, and uh, it'll be great. So what did I learn? Um, I learned that I'm a lonely man. <laughs> I learned that I'm a lonely man who takes the pleasure in a, a child's finger being broken halfway across the world. You know, and that should say enough about me. That should be, that could be a full character bio. I'm going to go up on my Twitter. I'm going to replace my, my, my Twitter bio with that exact sentence that I'm a lonely man who appreciates... When a child's finger breaks halfway across the world. I'm one of those sensitive instruments that can detect a child breaking his finger from a thousand miles away. But, anyway. Um, Alright. From all of us at the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast, I bid thee adieu. See you later, Scott Cast. Mount Hill Scott Cast. Glory be to Scott Cast. <laughs>